Life can throw a lot at you. But imagine if your life were different, better, not because of what's coming at you, but because of what's coming from you. Let's get there together. Join us and imagine yourself. Hello, I'm Lene. What? I'm not. <laughs> Are you trying to like be really um, yes. sultry? Is that what you're trying to do? That's what I was trying to do. Did I not accomplish that? I can't be the judge of that, Lene. So <laughs> you're starting with a sultry introduction because? Because we are imagining a little romance rolling through here today. Imagine yourself with Barry White filtering through the atmosphere. <laughs> can't get enough of your love, babe. Exactly. What's the first line of that song? I've heard people say, too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But still, today's episode is really meant to stir up love and romance. Whether you are in a relationship or looking for a relationship, we want to get the conversation started about what does it take to make love flow? Because Valentine's Day is right around the corner, Sandy. It is. And there are people that love Valentine's Day and there are people that just wish it would go away. But we're going to talk about Concentrating on two different things, right? If you're in a relationship, what are some of the things you can do to make that flourish? And also hitting on if you are not in a relationship and looking for love. Am I right? Is this where we're going? This is where we're going. I think we can translate it all to cooking and just kind of mention what ingredients are needed to put together a recipe of lasting love, regardless if you have a Valentine already in your midst or if you're going to meet some wonderful person and lock eyes at Walgreens or the grocery store later today. <laughs> Either way, what ingredients are needed to stir up love? So first of all, I think we need to say that the whole idea of romance and watching chick flicks with love stories and rom-coms or whatever you want to call them gives us a wrong idea of what love is like. Maybe in the beginning when you first meet somebody, but having a lasting relationship takes a lot more than just the initial romance and feelings of falling in love. Am I right? Absolutely. It makes me think of like Snow White where her one true love just gives her a kiss and then they wake up and go off and live happily ever after. She didn't even know that man. <laughs> You know, or like Romeo and Juliet. I don't think they knew each other for very long either. They did not. And no. they were teenagers. Yeah. Could you imagine? My son is doing that story in English right now. And he's like, Mom, I think Romeo was really just trying to get with her at any means. I'll marry you. I'll do whatever it takes. And they did eventually fall in love. And then everything just went really, really badly. For a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. We don't we don't want any of those ingredients in our stew today. No, no. I mean, they're. Anybody can do the fall in love and be excited at the beginning of the relationship. And we all want those feelings. And it's great. Sandy, I want to make sure we don't let the sizzle fizzle. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's actually the first ingredient is the chemistry and the spice and the romance and the intimacy. That's how it is in the beginning, just like you said, but maintaining it. So the sizzle the fizzle, yes. is that like a Snoop Dogg thing? or No, I made that up myself. Oh. <laughs> I was just thinking about cooking and get that pot simmering and sizzling. And I don't know. I just feel like, don't you think, Sandy, that every once in a while. For a sizzle. You, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had, you had I to was do hoping some Snoop. You, yeah. you were waiting for Snoop, really, weren't you? I was waiting. You? Okay. For shizzle. <laughs> we'll go with that. What are some other ingredients you want to add to this stew? Found a little love blogger named Mark Manson, and he asked 
people who have been married 10 years or more what the keys to their relationship were, what are the most important things. And he said he got like 1,500 responses and he boiled them down to 12 things. Yes. And one of the things that they said was, everybody talks about how important communication is, right? They do. Everybody agrees on that. But what did he say about that? He said more so than communication is respect. Yes, is respecting that, your spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Yeah. Aretha Franklin tried to explain that to us many <laughs> years did. ago, that all she was asking was for a little respect. Because so I don't have a PhD in loveology, but I have been happily married for 20 years. So like we said, of course, there's initial attraction and love and passion, all that good stuff. But then once you're living with this person or in this person's face every day, respect is so important. And do you know, Sandy, I had to learn that from my husband. Really? My husband set a few ground rules right from the beginning. He said, besides, like, I don't want you to be, like, just straight up crazy or anything. I want to make sure that you understand we are not going to, in this relationship, scream and yell at each other during arguments. We are not going to argue in front of other people. We are not going to throw each other under the bus, talk bad about each other behind each other's back, hit below the belt, push those anger buttons. Mm. We're not going to disrespect one another. And his also one was, you're not going to disrespect my mama. But you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's always important. There you go. And respect seems like common sense. Okay. It it, it seems like something, but it is a little bit harder to implement it in your relationship. It is hard to sometimes bite your tongue or choose your words wisely and treat that other person with respect. Absolutely. Whether you're talking about a fight between the two of you or, like you mentioned, not talking badly about that person in public. You should have your partners back and be their cheerleader. And whatever problems that you're going through, I mean, unless there's some serious issues, and then that's and then between... you're seeking help or, or yeah. something. But I just mean general day-to-day stuff. Yeah. You want to lift them up and you hope that they are over there lifting you up as well because respect fosters trust. Yeah. How can you trust someone who you know doesn't respect you or, like you said, doesn't have your back? When you feel like somebody is on your team, when you're married or you're in a relationship, you guys are a team. You're a partnership, right? Yes. And you would never want to, in a football game or something like that, go ahead and just hand the ball off to someone on the other side. No, <laughs> you know, That's sabotaging your team. Yeah. So you, you've got, I feel like that is huge. So respect and playing fair. Let's go to fighting a little bit. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that this guy said that a lot of people were saying is you got to be good at fighting. Okay. That sounds wrong, but you hit on something your husband said, and my husband's the same way. He doesn't like raised voices. Yes. I like raised voices, but my husband does not. I, yeah, I am a total drama queen. I've tamped that down a bit since I've been married. Me too. I've had to. Yeah. Because, you know, we give and take with our relationships and it's not necessary to be a drama queen. In fact, that doesn't end well for anybody It does not. You end up saying things that you wish you had not said. And like you said, hurting and destroying that bond and that trust that you should be spending time building. And like I said, I do like raising my voice. I don't know. So, you know, when I get really... I have never heard you raise you. You've never really made me mad, though. You know, like, (laughs) you never try to tell me I can't do something. It just pops up and it is something that is 
I don't know, my parents didn't do a lot of yelling, but it is something that I just came here like that. The level just rises up. Yeah. And my husband gently looks at me like, we're not going to yell. Oh, right. (laughs) And that's good that um, our husbands were both made in a way that they didn't like yelling because it really doesn't help in an argument. It doesn't mean you bottle up your emotions. You just find a different way to communicate that. And to that end, too, when you're fighting to not insult the person and their character. You didn't like something your husband said, or he didn't do something that he said he was, or whatever. I mean, we Mm -hmm. pick at each other for different things, right? You're not going to say, hey, you're stupid, or... Yeah, because that to me is, again, hitting below the belt, or pushing those buttons, because we also know what buttons are really going to inflame someone. And that's the part, like I said, you know, Sandy, you've never really made me upset. If you ever really want to make me upset, you can call me lazy or you can call me a liar Ooh. and I will lose it. <laughs> <laughs> those are buttons for you. Those are my buttons. And my husband knows that those are my buttons and family members and stuff. Thank God they don't push that. Yeah. Unless they really want to see a show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everybody has them though, right? Everybody has their particular buttons that just don't go there. And when you're married to somebody and you live with somebody over the years, and especially like if you've had probably very intimate conversations with your significant other, then they know things about you that no one else knows, that they know your vulnerabilities. And so once somebody, let's say you're fighting and they hit on one of those vulnerabilities, I mean, not only does it make you feel bad, but the trust, it's like, okay, well, I'm never going to talk to you about XYZ anymore. Exactly. And that's the part where, again, we're talking to people who are not necessarily in a relationship right now, too. It is very important to be mindful of the way you if you're just meeting someone or just getting to know someone, some of these elements too, some of these components can show a lot about a person early on. Yeah. And they're very good to watch for how does this person talk to you? How do they talk to others? Mm. Actually, too? How do they talk to the server at the restaurant? Because it's very possible that they may talk to you that way one day. That's right. So as we flip it a little bit from us being married to let's look at people who are looking for that special person, or maybe they're dating someone and they're trying to assess it, or Mm -hmm. maybe they're just out there on Tinder or whatever, you know, thank goodness (laughs) Tinder wasn't out there when uh, I think Match.com might have been out there back in the day, but definitely not Tinder. Yeah, It's like a whole new level, right? It really is. It makes navigating things a little more difficult because people will try to show you their best side and you'll try to see the best in a person and all that is good, but just watch for some of the little delicate intricacies. They will tell a lot too. Yeah. So this is something actually I was just telling my son last night. He's in high school. We were watching a show on TV. I said, Jay, every day these people get upset with each other. Every episode they're upset. And this is the beginning of their relationship. The, the show, by the way, was The Good Doctor on ABC. But, okay, uh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, but I just realized, I said, Jay, please, I want you to understand, if you're getting in a relationship, the beginning is supposed to be the happiest, most fun part. If yeah. you find that you both are arguing and having issues from jump, maybe you need to cut your losses and start fresh because there will definitely be good times and bad times and ups and downs and good and bad patches. But you want to look at the whole thing overall and say that it's worth it, that there's definitely more good to it and positives than negatives. And again, at the very beginning, I just don't see why it would need to be so frustrating. So again, things to look for, 
when you're starting out. Yeah. And in college, too, with our kids, we really are hopefully trying to equip them for (laughs) with the the best of our ability, because like you said, everything is changing with the way that dating apps and things like that are. We really want to make sure that they are ready for who's out there. And the culture is so different. Yeah. I mean, not to date ourselves, but boy, I look around and I think I would not want to be trying to date somebody right now. And that part is, I got to say, to be fair, dating ourselves, though, for people our age, it still might be a little bit more familiar because there are plenty of other people out there who are thinking that they remember the way it was back in our day and they kind of liked that. And so there are still good folks to find. Now, I don't want to be my age dating someone who's like 18 <laughs> because well, I hope for, not. for lots of reasons, but also Madonna. Because, yeah, oh, man. See, but because the, the not just the age gap, but like you said, the way dating goes, I can't really navigate in that world. But it is still possible for people our age to date other people our age, even in the environment. I sure. truly believe that. Second I still marriages that. or yes. just they haven't found the right person yet or... Yeah, because you're not because I feel like a lot of people are thinking I'm so not used to this. But there are plenty of other people that are thinking the same thing right now, especially if they're our age. Right. And you mentioned meeting somebody at the drugstore. Stuff like that does still happen. It does. And that part about I have a cousin, you know, they live in the same city. How about if I introduce you to that still happens, too. So people meet at work all the time. Yeah, that's where I met my husband. So there's still hope. Just putting that out there. There's still hope. You don't have to be on Tinder. There's another thing that I want everyone to think about, and this is just good, helpful advice regardless. It is kind of another ingredient in a way. Sandy, you ever heard that thing like, oh, it's not you, it's me? Oh, yeah, like on Seinfeld? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not always about you, but this particular one, this time it is about you. The third ingredient, I believe, is self-reflection. Mm. Everyone, whether like, again, whether you're in a relationship or you're looking for one needs to do some self-reflection. You need to question yourself. You need to think about some things that might be hanging over you. For example, do you have a hard time communicating your feelings and you expect others to be able to read your mind and you get mad when they can't read your mind? Like being passive aggressive a little bit sort of goes with that. That get the seat. That could be a little hang up. Yeah. What about do you have grudges? Do you hold grudges? Do you have trouble forgiving and letting go of things, especially some of the little things? Yeah, that's big, too. Do you have trouble apologizing when you have hurt someone's feelings, even if you weren't actually wrong, but you did hurt the other person's feelings. Can you apologize for that? Yeah. There's a million questions that you could ask yourself. But if you start to see and look back at maybe some patterns that were just not working for you, maybe it's time for self-reflection. Yeah, especially if you found that you have the same thing happening over and over again in relationships. You might need to point the finger back at yourself. Yeah, because I have one. I have a bad one. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Confession time. Confession time. I tend to act kind of hardcore. There are these times where I act like I'm me. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Can't nobody tell me nothing type of attitude. I realized it was something when I was a child. I had vowed to myself, I am never going to have anyone try to control me. And so I was overcompensating. And 
my poor husband, who was never trying to control me, had to (laughs) eventually try to show me and have me trust that he was not trying to control me. That was never his agenda. He wanted to share his life with me and wanted me to share my life with him. But to this day, he has never tried to make me do something I didn't want to do or prevented me from doing something I wanted to do. But that was my hang up. Ah. And I was putting it on him. And like I said, it was from my childhood and something that I had just decided back when I was a teenager. And it had just pushed out in a bad way. And that was something that I had to realize I need to stop that because it's putting a barrier between us. He's not trying to control me, but I'm trying to act all hardcore. It just isn't working. Oh, that is a pretty deep revelation. I've got something a little similar. It's not a control thing per se. It's more of a defensiveness thing, but I think it's kind of based on the same thing. I mean, both of you and I have pretty strong personalities and that's great. But when you're in a relationship, you have to compromise and you have to account for other people's personalities. So my husband is an engineer and he's always trying to think of the best way to do things. And by the best way, down to the smallest minutia of how to extend the lifetime of, I don't know, a washing machine or a dishwasher or something like that. And if somebody is doing something wrong, they may be causing something to wear out faster than it needs to. So nothing wrong with that. But then you come across me and I've been doing things the same way for a long time and they've been working out just fine. Thank you very much. So I get super defensive where it's not necessary. But on the other hand... Just as I'm working on tamping down my defensiveness, he's also trying to realize that not everything is, you know, life and death. And we can let things slide occasionally, maybe even a lot. And it's not personal. That's the other part too, right? It's not personal. He doesn't mean it as an attack on you. It's just, in a way, he's almost trying to maybe bless you with a a great way to do something. And (laughs) I don't want that. Well, here, okay, so I'm in a second marriage, and my husband and I have been married for over 10 years. So I think I, I you know. Yeah, you've got the credentials. So we're going to have a credential, but also had a marriage that did not work. So, you know, I have things to look back on on that. And that was a, a very short marriage. And I spent a lot of time while my son was growing up as a single mom. Yeah. His dad was very much in his life, and I was not abandoned in any way. But What I'm saying is there were a lot of years before I met my husband that I had to form habits. Yes. Habits in parenting, habits in doing stuff around the house. And I was a pretty competent adult and made my own living and all of that stuff. So I'm feeling like, okay, here comes this guy and Mm -hmm. he's never been married and he's never been a parent and he's going to tell me X, Y, and Z. Now, he may have had some great ideas, but I wasn't hearing it. Yeah, it's hard to reconcile that sometimes when you... You have two fully grown adults trying to work together, live together, and make decisions together. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're a team. Back to the thing is you're a team and you have to respect each other. And quite honestly, he brought a lot of good ideas and balance to the table because we could not be more different. And isn't that true of a lot of relationships? About the opposite. You and your partner are not the same at all. That is absolutely true. And even you may have some things in common, but we were brought up differently. Mm -hmm. We have, whether that be just the way our parents raised us or what region we're from or what culture we're from, there's so many things that can make it different. The way we're wired, like you said, the engineering mind or the more relaxed way of doing things. But it is doable with Mm -hmm. love, with respect, with self-reflection. And I got the fourth one, Sandy. What's your fourth one? Humor. 
Uh, <laughs> we do have that. We yes. have that, yeah. Humor is, and so we still didn't even do the big one, which is always everyone says communication, but I guess it is the way that you communicate in a loving way. But I tell you, humor is really my favorite one. There's a quote by a man named Alan Klein who said, he tried to start a therapeutic humor movement, but he said humor can be one of our greatest survival tools. And there is a power to humor that is truly underestimated. It can make a bad day lift up. It can make a hard times or hard relationship blossom. Humor is so important. Sometimes you have to like, like Taylor Swift said, just shake it off or just <laughs> laugh it off. There's really importance to that. In any relationship, yeah. whether it's romantic relationship, work relationship, anything, sometimes laugh at yourself. Yes. Laugh at some of your own little silly mistakes. If we didn't have two things in our relationship, my husband and I, one is humor and the other is pets. <laughs> <laughs> because our pets that. are so funny, you know, yes. so it ties in. You've got good I mean, pets, though, too. Yeah, and we I have good pets. Cat and dog, yes. But boy, it's gotten us through some tough times. And that's the other thing. I push through or we, I should say, pushed through, like in the beginning, it was really rough because again, coming together, blended family, blending yes. and blended family. My husband inherited not just me, but my son yeah. and my animals. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to give a little grace and credit for that too, right? Yeah. Because it's the whole package. So grateful, appreciative, and laughing. Laugh yeah. Some of that mess off. Some of those little silly things. No, I absolutely agree. And communication is, like you said, we didn't really touch on it too much, but that is to go without saying. Now, let me ask you a question, because this dude, I was reading um, his blog, he's saying, oh, tell your spouse everything. But I don't necessarily think that if they ask you a question, absolutely be honest. But yeah. do you think you need to like drag every little thing and every little problem? Nope. Okay, nope. you agree with me. I agree with you. And then also, too, Another one is sometimes keeping your some opinions to yourself, especially if it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Does everybody need to know exactly that that particular shirt is just not working for you? You know, yeah. <laughs> let, let the person wear the shirt and be happy. You know, yeah. it's not life or death. And like you said, you want to be mindful of what you're saying and bringing to the person and remember that's why sometimes why you have girlfriends to mm -hmm. hang out with and vent some of the stuff that needs to be vented but doesn't necessarily need to be vented with your relationship partner now other relationships may be different and certain couples may feel like they want to be that person and they want every intimate detail so i think maybe for some relationships that's good but for other relationships, like I can tell if I bring up some stuff, my husband just starts cringing and it's yep. like, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> We've kind of talked about this before, even as far as like, and this is maybe making it trivial, but even as far as TV shows, there are some TV shows that he probably cringes when you say, oh, oh let's watch this or movies that not every single thing has to be shared with that one person. Like you said, unless you're in a relationship where that is just really part of the flow. But I think a little space sometimes mm. can be good. Giving them space, giving yes, them space for their hobbies. Space. Yeah. yeah. Not resentment space, not spiteful space, but happy, pleasant space. Yeah. And there are certain times they're going to want to be away from you. Yeah. And they're going to want to go out golfing or they're going to want to, um, or whatever. You don't want to be together all the time, no. you know? It seems wonderful at the beginning. Again, at the beginning at of the, the beginning. relationship, <laughs> you want to spend all your time together. <laughs> 
And then over time, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You don't want it to be too long of a stretch, but you do want a little space. And back to where we started, that makes those romance, you know, bring the sizzle for the fizzle. No, wait a minute. What was it again? Don't let the sizzle fizzle. fizzle. No, I was doing trying to do snoop. Okay. (laughs) Don't let the sizzle fizzle. If that's the last thing you learn from today, you have learned something. In the shizzle. Can we do that? (laughs) Can at least make it in the shizzle? Please. That makes you remember it better. (laughs) All right. So you say it. You say it better than me. Don't let the sizzle fizzle. In the shizzle. Boom. (laughs) No, you're going to say the whole thing. You need the combination of Sandy Lene because we're in a relationship. Okay. (laughs) So on that note, you ready for takeaway time? Yeah. What you got? My partner. Takeaway time. Remember these ingredients for the secret sauce to love. (laughs) Okay, Barry. Oh, yes. Barry Lene. Wait, no. Lene White. (laughs) All of that. Yeah. We just had a couple of episodes on fitness and health and nutrition, and we had one on finances. When we're talking about love and romance, can we be intentional? Can we think about the things that we need to focus on to help love blossom, as opposed to the idea that, oh, we're in love, we've been together, just let it ride out? Can we sometimes be intentional about our hashtag relationship goals. Yes. <laughs> Can we do that? It's not just everything on Instagram, right? That right. you see all that and looks so nice. And... No, it takes our own little spices to keep it going. Everybody knows the vows of love, honor, cherish. That's supposed to mean something. It's also supposed to mean something when you say for better, for worse, and sickness and health, for richer, for poorer. You have to understand that there will be these highs and lows in the relationship And there will be compromise and forgiveness Mm. because nobody's perfect. You're not perfect. They're not perfect. Some days you might have to ask yourself or remind yourself, what is it that I do love about this person? Mm. (laughs) And really like actively think about that and concentrate on that as opposed to what they have done to make you upset. Think about why you love them. Remember the good. Don't concentrate on the bad. Amen. Also, the Bible verse. Everybody thinks about the first part. Love is patient. Love is kind. But does anybody remember the rest of it where it says uh, love is not proud? Long suffering. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) See, it's not rude. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Mm. Love never fails. That is what we're trying to push out as Valentine Week. I love it. That's a good way to end. There's many more things that we could say. And I think maybe in a future episode, we'll bring in a love expert. I like that idea because (laughs) we've touched on a few things just to get through. But I think you can dig deeper and deeper. The more committed you are to really looking into these things in your life and in your relationship or future relationships, the more we can talk about it. So I definitely think that's a great strategy. But in the meantime, imagine yourself loving yourself, and loving others well. Thanks for listening. Now we'd like to hear from you. Got an idea for the show? Want to share your story or just say hello? Make sure you connect with us. You can do that at imagineyourselfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you again next time when we have something new to imagine.